Hello everyone, Dr. Alan Mishra from Vitality Explorer News with another edition of the Vitality Explorer News podcast. The podcast's mission, its purpose is to enhance global vitality one person at a time. I hope you're enjoying this. This is our 71st podcast. Uh, if, you're, if you are, please leave us a five-star rating on, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We like to start the podcast with a quote, and this is one from Randy Pausch. Uh, he's the author of The Last Lecture. Unfortunately, he uh, passed away from pancreatic cancer. Uh, but his last lecture video and his last lecture book, I think, are phenomenal. I would encourage you to check them out online. And here is the quote. Quote, never, ever underestimate the importance of having fun. Never, ever underestimate the importance of having fun. Okay, so this week we're going to have some fun while we go through three specific topics like we typically do on the Vitality Explorer News podcast. The first one is is entitled, Is Red Bull the Key to Longevity? The second is Three Lessons Learned from the World Series of Poker. And the third is, Can We Electrocute Cancer? So our goal, again, is to enhance your vitality, but also to take the friction out of staying vital. So what you get in the podcast or what you can find on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site uh, are basically my homework for the week. So I read many articles every week and I try to find three or four that are meaningful and interesting uh, for our vitality. And then what I, I deliver that either in a written form on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site, in this oral form on the podcast, or you can also get a combo version of that delivered to your phone if you sign up at vitalityexplorers.com for free. Uh, where you get a text message uh, once a week and then the links to either the podcast or the articles. So our goal is to take the friction out of it, help you make deposits in your Vitality bank account, and you can access over 350 scientific posts and podcasts on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site. I've been doing this now for over, excuse me, not over, almost two years. Uh, and it's been an absolute awesome joy, and, and I've really learned a lot, and I hope you're, uh, you have as well for those people who have been listening or reading the Substack site for a long, long time. Okay, here we go. Is Red Bull the key to longevity? This is the first one we have uh, to discuss. And if you look at the title of the tagline, which is on the sort of gray and blue Red Bull uh, can, it says, quote, vitalizes mind and body. That's a wildly popular energy drink, but is it possible that there's some truth in advertising? Now, Red Bull contains caffeine. I'm not sure it tastes that great. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Red Bull, but it also contains 1,000 milligrams of taurine, all right? And, and uh, that's an interesting bioactive amino acid that's been studied extensively, but is that enough to enhance human longevity? That's the question we're going to try to answer in the context of this article from an elite journal called Science. And here's the title of that article, quote, taurine deficiency as a driver of aging, unquote. And this was published uh, just recently in the early part of June 2023. And the paper found lower levels of taurine in mice, monkeys, and humans with aging. And supplementation of that taurine increased the health span and lifespan of both the mice and the monkeys. The paper then looked at a variety of possible mechanisms by which taurine helped enhance longevity, and they found uh, sort of a long list of different possibilities, but they included but were not limited to these. these they decreased, taurine decreased DNA damage, it attenuated inflammation, inflammation, and it led to less cell death. Now, all of those are connected to aging. You can see the actual chemical structure of the 
um, taurine molecule on the Vitality Explorer new Substack site. But I think it's better for us to take a little bit of a deeper dive into where did this come from? And this is another quote on the, on the Substack site, which you can look up and see the references for. But quote, taurine comes from the Latin word taurus or bull. It was isolated from ox bile in 1827 by German scientists. And taurine plays a role in digestion and is naturally found in bile, urine, fluids, uh, fluids of the muscle, lungs, and nerve tissues. Okay, and according to the science paper, quote, lower taurine levels uh, correlated with several age-related diseases and taurine concentrations increased after acute endurance exercise. So, you, you know, as you get older, taurine levels drop. If you exercise, they increase. But the paper concluded, quote, it may be a driver of aging, unquote. Now, the reason why they concluded that is that they found that when they supplemented taurine in middle-aged mice, which are about 14 months old, uh, that those mice lived 10 to 12% longer. Okay, and translating this research into humans will obviously take some time, um, but I think it's so interesting that this molecule has such a wide-ranging effect uh, that I, I took another dive into a second paper called The Biologic Effects of Me and Mechanisms of Taurine in Various Therapeutics. And this paper reported, quote, research, recent research has indicated that it may be useful in the treatment of a variety of disorders, including seizures, high blood pressure, cardiac disease, neurodegeneration, and diabetes. And finally, the Wall Street Journal picked up on these papers and had an article last week that was entitled, quote, is tarring the key to a longer life? It made monkeys healthier. Um, and so I think the combination of all, all this lay press and especially the scientific press and science uh, has, has me quite intrigued about tarring. And the lead author of the science uh, article is organizing a multinational uh, randomized trial to, to, to really prove or to test the effects in humans. But the quote from the, the lead author was this, quote, here's a molecule that perhaps can make humans live longer and healthier. And many, many major medical centers picked, on this, picked up on this, including Columbia. Uh, and they, they had a little article on their website that taurine may be a health, key to a healthier and longer life. So here's the Vitality Explorer news analysis and recommendation. So Red Bull does contain a thousand milligrams of taurine and it may help vitalize your mind and body as the can suggests, but I think it's probably more the caffeine. Uh, so I don't recommend uh, Red Bull to enhance longevity. Taurine, however, I think is an intriguing molecule to explore and the existing evidence suggests that the, that the levels of that decrease with age and that supplementation may be reasonable. So I've been actually looking for a simple and economic way to measure taurine levels. That's actually not easily found, by the way. Um, but we will continue to explore this idea, this concept, as taurine is a marker of ages. And if anybody has any experience with that, please leave a message or please leave a um, comment on the Vitality Explorer new Substack site, or you can make a comment below about this podcast. Again, our goal with Vitality Explorer News is to enhance your vitality. You can find the references to all these articles on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site or sign up at vitalityexplorers.com for a free text message newsletter once a week. The second <clears throat> thing we're going to talk about this week is something where, you know, we talked about at the beginning of the podcast of having fun. Well, here is one way that I love to have fun, and that is to play poker. Now, I don't talk about it a lot. But I, I was you know, really delighted this past week to uh, deliver a keynote speech at a regenerative medicine meeting that was in Las Vegas. I extended my stay for a few days to play some poker at the World Series of Poker with my younger brother, which we've done many times. 
But this year, I, I really thought of three lessons I learned while playing poker at the World Series. And here they are. Number one, it's really important to make time for fun. Number two, preparation and patience enhance performance. And number three, sometimes it is better to be lucky than good. So make time for fun, preparation and patience enhance performance, and sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Let's talk about that first one, because I think that first one's really the most important one. Um, when you look at this, there's a picture of me at the World Series on the Vitality Explorer new Substack site, and you can tell I'm absolutely thrilled to be there because it really does bring me joy to play cards for a few days with my younger brother. We make up for you know lost time. He lives on the East Coast. I live on the West Coast. We laugh out loud. We whine about you know bad beats we take at the table, and we can also make some make some new friends. Like I, I made a really interesting new friend. He was super excited to play, but he. He had kings, and then two kings came on what's called the flop when you're playing Texas Hold'em. So he ended up with four kings and a great picture of his his awesome smile and, and laugh is on the Vitality Explorer. Not, not a picture of his smile, but you can see he was laughing. And the picture tells more than what I'm trying to describe to you. But I think often we are overwhelmed with our work deadlines, home responsibilities, and just maybe other crucial things like just trying to stay in shape. And we forget, we absolutely forget to schedule or to, to make time for fun. Now, not, not everybody's this way, but I, I used to be where relentlessly working and then fit fun, fun in when I could. Um, it doesn't have to be a weekend playing poker in Vegas. It could just be a small amount of time where you schedule something with a friend or for yourself. Um, but I really encourage people to, to, do, to take on this as a task this week. Write down on a piece of paper three things that you really like to do for fun. Just three, okay? And then make time for at least one of them in at least 30 minutes this coming week. I know that sounds like a crazy idea. When you were a kid, you didn't have to be told to schedule time for fun. But I doubt that at the end of the end of the days that we're going to be um, worried about having too much fun in our lives. Okay, now on to lesson two that I learned from the World Series of Poker. Preparation and patience enhance performance. So as I said, I really enjoy playing cards. I take it very seriously. And this year I wanted to give my best, myself the best chance of doing well in the World Series. And so I read several books and connected with a variety of different uh, poker coaches. Believe it or not, there are poker coaches out there, okay? Um, and I, I, I really don't discuss it much, but I'm passionate about mastering the complexity of the game, which includes some moderate level math, uh, things like game theory, and also studying things like physical tells. And physical tells for me is the best because I'm reasonably good at it, much better at that than me memorizing, you know, game theory optimal kind of ideas. But when you, when you look and you're playing cards, you have to pick up your cards. You have to hold your cards. And there's a picture of a professional named Daniel Negreanu who is holding his cards and he is, has his fingers, what's called steepling. They're, they're standing up over the cards. And that's typically an indication of strong cards like jacks, queens, or kings. So I, I, I really studied hand tells and I studied the game theory part of it. And I also practiced being patient. Because if you're going to play poker, I think this is true in life, by the way, as well. You need to be patient. You need to wait for good starting cards. So if you're thinking about a new project or something else, the starting position is very important. That's crucial also with with world, with uh, Texas Hold'em poker. So I learned how to just wait for good cards or wait for good positions. And then when I got to the table, when I got to the table, the first big table that I played at, 
Um, all that preparation elevated my confidence. And I wasn't intimidated because I sat down. This was insane. I sat down with a bunch of steely-eyed professional poker players from Brazil, Russia, China, Mexico, and they were all poker assassins. They looked at me like the old guy and they just wanted to take all my chips. Um, but I was prepared for their hyper-aggressive style and I actually survived, uh, survived this very difficult table uh, and did my best to navigate through despite the fact that I wasn't really getting any 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 good cards. This is called being being card dead. But that led to the the final lesson. So I'm being patient. Unfortunately, I'm slowly losing some of my chips. And the third lesson is sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Okay. And I only had a few chips left in the tournament. And we call this sort of being in the intensive care unit. You're not dead, but you're in deep trouble. And then literally any move you make at the table um, can lead to you busting out. So I had to be very, very careful about how I was deploying my chips in order to survive. And they call this squeezing the short stack. Poker is just filled with awesome jargon. All right, so I do love that. And then I looked down and I had a reasonably good hand, but not a premium hand. I had an, um, an ace of hearts and a nine of diamonds. Um, but I knew from studying the game theory optimal charts that this was one I had to put the rest of my chips in. So I put all my chips in or I went all in and then one person called me, but fortunately only one person, and that person had sixes. And sixes is, according to these game solver things, a 56% chance versus a 44% chance. So I was a, what they call a dog. <laughs> I wasn't that big a dog, but I was, I was behind when the cards were laid out. So I had to get lucky. And fortunately, two aces came up uh, as the dealer put out the five community cards that are, are, are there for the Texas Hold'em. And I ended up scooping up a nice pot. What I didn't know, okay, what I didn't know was going on is that there was a reporter from Poker News watching that entire hand, and she quickly posted it online. So um, yeah, I'm going to just kind of read read what she she wrote on Poker News, which was kind of cool to make the, the live feed at the World Series of Poker. Quote, Mishra doubles up to stay in the mix. Alan Mishra was in early position and raised all of his chips for about 13500 and made a middle and a middle position player called. Um, uh, board, board ran out five, nine, ace, ace, jack, giving Mishra trip aces to win. And Mishra stated, this is in the, in the article, Mishra stated, despite being slightly short, quote, bottom line is we are having an awesome time here. So that is actually, interestingly, exactly what I hoped to do when I got there. I scratched my way back a little bit after that hand, but eventually busted out 396 out of about 2,100 people, which means I beat more than 80% of the field. It was a deep but not financially successful tournament. I didn't cash, but I had a blast. Uh, and I came away with great memories and also a great time with my, my brother. Uh, and, and, and the lessons of learning to have fun, being prepared and getting lucky. So again, I encourage you to think about what do you really love to do? What brings you joy? What do you do for fun? Uh, and then write that down, carve out some time to have some fun this week, or even plan a trip further in the future or an event or just a hike with a friend. But again, having fun is something that we will not, I think, regret in future. Uh, future Our future selves won't regret having fun. Uh, and I think it's really, really important uh, to make sure that we make time for fun. The final one we're going to talk about is something we don't do that often on Vitality Explorer News, but we are going to explore something that is not ready for prime time. And the title of this one was, Can uh, We Electrocute Cancer? 
So you can find, again, the pictures from the poker stuff are up on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site, as are all the references for, for this particular post. And I found this one really, really cool. So um, well, our nerves and our bodies communicate using electrical signals. And interestingly, these signals are faulty in certain types of cancer. But emerging scientific evidence suggests that we need to consider the influence of our nervous system or the electrical signals around our nervous system if we're going to optimally treat cancer. So, wow, that's really weird, right? We think of chemotherapy, radiation therapy, surgery. These are all treatments for, for cancer, but researchers at the Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory in New York are now working on using electricity. That's crazy, right? They're using electricity to shrink, to try to shrink tumors. So I thought of that as like trying to electrocute or modulate the nerves with uh, that are connected to the tumors to try to shock them into behaving better. So they're they're very fascinating. Here's a quote from one of the researchers at Cold Spring Harbor. Quote, we can actually use electrical devices to control the nervous system. Bioelectric medicine is trying to basically strap a little electrode to one or more of the nerves of your body. Then when there's abundant aberrant, which means abnormal signaling going on, we can either stop that or elicit good signaling from the nerves. It's similar to how pacemakers work, but significantly more complicated. And that's from Jeremy uh, Borniger at the Cold Spring Harbor. Um, you know, this is fascinating, right? The science of how the nervous system affects cancer is really rapidly evolving in multiple pathways. And a re recent article in Nature, which Nature and Science are two of the top journals, covered something called the neuroscience of cancer. And that what they found is that there can be local interaction between nerves and cancer cells, and there can be indirect interactions between the nervous system, immune cells, and cancer cells. And finally, there can be systemic cancer interactions. So there's, there's graphics up there on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site uh, of how nerves interact with tumor cells or nerves interact with immune cells, which then interact with, with tumor cells. And the nerve to immune cell to cancer cell interaction is unbelievably important. Um, and, and they really emphasize this in the paper. So somehow your nervous system is connecting with an immune cell, which is then connecting with a cancer cell to either increase or decrease how that cancer is behaving. Uh, and, and beyond that, this sounds like science fiction, actually, but the paper also discussed how what we look at, what we see, and what we smell may, may influence cancer progression via our nerves. And the graphics are, are, are staggering. Like, so you, when you look and light hits the back of your retina, it stimulates a variety of uh, neurons, specifically your optic nerve, that can affect something called an optic glioma, which is a, a, a tumor in and around your eye. Or if you're breathing in a specific odor or scent, uh, you have nerves in your nose that can be related to what is going on in a tumor that could be up and around uh, something called your olfactory bulb, which is within your brain, but just above your nose. The final component of how our nervous system can connect with cancer is via psychologic stress and pain. So those influence our nervous system that can alter, alter hormone levels and can impact uh, tumor growth or whether it metastasizes or goes to dis distant places. So there's a lot of evidence that suggests prolonged stress can result in production of hormones such as cortisol and adrenaline. These suppress your immune system and can potentially promote cancer growth. So I think we're just at the beginning of this and the review paper researchers concluded this, quote, a great deal of work remains to be done in cancer neuroscience, but this avenue of inquiry holds enormous promise to improve outcomes for a wide 
range of malignancies. So here's the Vitality Explorer News analysis and recommendation. Understanding how our nervous system interacts with cancer is something we absolutely need to do. We need to better understand this. This is sort of a novel set of things we can check into. Uh, It's very early on, but the existing data supports further investigation into whether stimulating nerves or modulating them can be either a primary way. Think about that. A primary way to treat cancer or some sort of adjunct way. So you could maybe get chemo or radiation or surgery and use that. In, in conjunction with moderating your electrical or your nervous system. So I think the answer to the question of whether we can electrocute cancer still hasn't been answered. Um, but I think there's, there's really some fascinating, high-level basic science to suggest that changing or moderating your nervous system could be connected with better potential outcomes for cancer patients. So let's review this again. Remember what Randy Posh said. And again, he is a professor who wrote something called The Last Lecture. He also has a great video online of the same title. Unfortunately, he passed away from pancreatic cancer many years ago, but he gave this lecture about what could you do with your time, um, you know, knowing such a terrible diagnosis. And one of the things he said is, quote, never, ever underestimate the importance of having fun. Never, ever underestimate the importance of having fun. So make sure you schedule time for having fun today. Maybe get out there and have have a Red Bull and see if it enhances or vitalizes your mind or body. Uh, Check out the the further information about the World Series of Poker lessons and and whether or not we can electrocute cancer on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site. I hope you've enjoyed this week's Vitality Explorer News podcast. If you have, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, please share this. A podcast with a friend, family member, or coworker to enhance their vitality. And until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week. Get out there and dare to be vital. Thank you very much for listening.